Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933. Online at mypremierortho.com. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with Sarah Whitmire, the news director of WFIU and WTIU. She's sitting in for Mary Catherine today. They had a wrestling match over who got to do the gardening show, and <laughs> I Sa- won. Sarah was the winner. So this is our uh, fall gardening show, our annual gardening show, and we're once again blessed to have two great guests with us, Helen May. Retired from May's Greenhouse, and Don Adamson, the manager of Bloomington Valley Nursery. So, welcome to the program, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Glad for being, to be here. Thanks for being back. The phone numbers are eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington, eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight outside of the Bloomington calling area, or you can join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And while you're online, feel free to follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So this is uh, always a, a hit of a program. So if you have questions, please phone us early because we usually get a lot of callers during this show. And uh, it picks up during the end of the show. We want to make sure we get everybody in. But uh, Sarah, you're a gardener. <laughs> I am. I grew up around a family of gardeners. So, so yeah. Definitely so, a love of mine. So what are you doing this time of year? This time of year, I'm getting ready to move all my bushes around because I realized I planted them too close. Oh. <laughs> and this is the time to do it, right? Yes. It's a good time to plant. Yeah. To, to dig up all your bushes, right. too, though, right? right. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is that? Why do it this time of year? Well, I, don't, the, I don't know the reasoning, I guess. They're, they're dormant this time of year, so uh, that makes this a great time of year to move plants or to, to plant new ones because... Uh, there's not as much stress on the plants as during the growing season. So now, now's the time. Yeah. Now, I, see, I, I know about enough about gardening to put in this little cup I've got in front of me here. But, <laughs> but you know, what I do know is we had a rose bush that we planted two summers ago, and uh, this summer it just didn't do very well. And I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, we we planted up close to maybe too close to our house or something, but um, it just we just didn't get many many blooms on it. So we're thinking about. Um, Planting it, you know, digging it up and replanting it someplace else. I mean, we, we it's probably maybe three, four feet from the house. Three feet from the house is would that maybe have been the reason? Been no, that, sh- shouldn't that shouldn't really be a problem. Yeah. Uh, roses like to be fertilized and everything, and that might be the problem. <laughs> require a little more care. <laughs> you mean just that water doesn't do it? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> okay. Especially this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was a bad year. So, yeah, let's go through what the what the summer was like. We had a lot of heat and a lot of rain, so well, at different times. In my particular case, I couldn't plant because it was too wet. Mm-hmm. And then it dried off and it never rained again <laughs> <laughs> right. and Typic- got so typical, hot. Typical know. Indiana weather. Um, yep. And yep. it seems like watering with a hose or something just really doesn't have the same effect as rain. Even if you just let it go in slowly, it still doesn't well, seem to do it. 
rain has nitrogen in it, which um, will give plants a boost that way, uh, food-wise, and you get more even distribution, and generally it takes longer and soaks in better than, mm-hmm. than watering with a hose. All right, we have our first phone call already. Valerie's on the phone from Owen County. Valerie, good to hear from you. Uh, hi, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some iris that actually are the kind of old-fashioned, that kind of pale, bluish, purplish iris that I had gotten from somebody and planted in my yard many years ago, like 10 or 15. And, uh, you know, they quit blooming. They're all crowded. They need to be thinned. And I guess July, they say, is when you should, you know, move the tubers, which I didn't do. And I'm wondering right now, is it possible if I were to, like, you know, dig them up or, you know, they're right on the surface and do something with them? Like, should I put them in some kind of storage over the winter and replant them somewhere in the spring or is there anything i can do with them now since i didn't get it done last summer well there are a couple things you might consider uh iris always grows out from the center of the clump so the youngest and best material is always on the outer edges um you might cut some of that old stuff out of the middle to give the existing uh plants room to you know, do better, have be less crowded, and then you might uh, reset those if you want to next uh, July or August, if um, if that would be a good solution for you. Well, it's a little it's a little bit risky, uh, but you could reset some of them now. It sounds like you probably have a lot. Will have a lot of starts that if you spread them out. Uh, probably wouldn't matter if you'd lose a few of them okay so just reset them like you know right at the surface as Uh, as they're supposed to be they won't freeze over the winter well we'll hope not uh this it'll depend on how well they get rooted in before freezing and thawing when it begins really cold should i put some straw or something over them would that help or is that not a good idea you have to be careful and and put if you're going to mulch iris, it has to be something that will not cause those big, heavy roots to rot. Okay. You might use some evergreen boughs. Uh, if you've got some pine trees or something, you yeah, could clip some tips off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could use a, a very light mulch out over the root areas, but those roots have to be exposed, those big, okay. heavy tubers. Okay. All right, thanks. Yeah. All right, Valerie. Thanks a lot for the call. 855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348. Outside of the Bloomington area, you can also join us on the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can also follow us on Twitter at noon edition. We're tweeting this program, so you can follow us. Everywhere, right? I, yeah. I, I'm wondering about mums right now because so many people, at least in my neighborhood, have had these beautiful mums, myself included, and they're starting to look kind of puny. Should we go ahead and start planting them now, or what do you think? <laughs> you think that if it's, if you think it's worth the risk, it's risky planting mums this late. The chance of getting them through the winter is uh, much less than say if they've been dec- uh, divided or planted in the springtime. Uh, what you want to do is, uh, if you're going to plant them, choose a well-drained. Soil. They don't like wet, heavy soil. And uh, loosen up the roots on the outside of the root ball a little with your fingers so it's not all packed tight. 
make sure the root ball is wet clear through before you put it in the ground because sometimes water just runs around in the pots and the center gets really dry. And then if you're going to mulch, mulch up to the plant, but do not cover the little green stubs at the bottom because they should stay green all winter. Oh, really? So you don't want to smother them. Um, and a sheltered location might do better, like on, along the south side of the house or uh, maybe in a corner near your chimney or someplace where the uh, weather won't be severe. Um, at the back of my house, it's a lot colder than the front because wind comes down a hill and banks up against the house. And so you can choose a microclimate in your yard that you think will be a little uh, easier on them. And you said that was risky, though. So what's what's the well, desired thing to do, I guess, <laughs> if I want my mom to stay alive? <laughs> well, well if you've a, got a cold frame. Yeah, either that, and, but that's about the only chance you have. And a lot of people don't realize that uh, we're expecting frost tonight, but frost won't hurt the moms. So, All right. Well, we have uh, three people who've lined up to call or to to talk to you. So let's talk to Pam first. Pam, am I on? Yes, you are. Go right hi, ahead. Hi, hi. What a great show! Always, every year. Thanks. I have a question about Concord Grape Arbor. Uh, of course, being in Bloomington with shade and clay and erosion and all those things, those are constant issues. But we've planted one uh, as in the only patch of sun we really have. Uh, at the beginning of the, we've had some production in the last couple of years. At the beginning of this year, for some reason, during the growing season, my husband decided to prune, okay? It looked very stressed and with the hard summer with the, you know, water issues. Anyway, then my husband later decided it may have gotten a fungus because we got virtually no production and we just could have stressed it to bits. So my question is, any chance of salvaging this grape arbor, or do we need to start over? It may be that you should uh, uh, check with some books or the county agent's office or the uh, Down Mays will give you a leaflet on pruning grapes. If he pruned them too late in the season and didn't leave enough of the kind of wood which will produce fruit... That could be part of your problem. And you, too late in the season, you mean in the spring or early summer? Is that what you mean? Uh, they should be pruned. I like to get mine pruned if the weather's mild in February or March. Oh. Uh, sometimes February is too cold. And you need to leave some of the previous year's growth because that is the only wood that will produce fruit. And what what you do is the buds on that one-year-old wood you leave will make long runners, which will produce uh, flowering stalks. Ah, uh, so he might have cut it back too severely. You may have cut it improperly, or if he might have cut it too late in the season. Yeah. Yes, if the soil is terribly poor, you might supply them with, what is it, nitrogen that they give grapes when they give them anything? Uh, I don't. I, uh, I I think a general garden fertilizer, maybe right. something like that, would be all right in mm-hmm. the when you prune in the early spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then funguses are a possibility. If you see any signs of speckly black places on your leaves, mm-hmm. on the stems, or 
the fruit itself turns black and, and tries to rot or, rot or mummify, then you have a fungus problem. And again, you need to go to some place that can give you complete instructions on what's the best spray schedule and so forth. Ah, so there's a chance of salvaging them instead of ripping out and starting anew if we treat properly and do what we're supposed to do. I think so. I've got some at home that are close to 40 years old, and some years they get pruned and some years they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is very helpful. I thank you so very much. Pam, thanks for calling, and good luck with that. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Our phone number is again 855-0811-877-285-9348-WFIU.org slash Noon Edition to join a live chat. And we're tweeting today, so follow us at Noon Edition on Twitter. Kevin is next. Kevin? Hi. Yeah, I have a bunch of compost that from vegetable scraps and uh, shredded newspaper, et cetera, that has been accumulating over the past uh, six months or so. And I was wondering if Oh, Oops, I think we lost him. Oh. Oops. Okay, well, I'm going to ask a quick question here before we go back to the phones. I want to ask about wildflowers. Um, I was in a conversation the other day about planting wildflowers around, like on a side of a highway, and, and I noticed going out West 3rd Street with the new median there and wondered if wildflowers would be an option for the middle of that median. Are there is there anything that would grow, be hardy enough? If Go ahead, Don. You, you. Well, the main thing uh, in the median like that, salt uh, would be building up, and it's going to be difficult to keep anything going in there. I don't know what their planned plans mm-hmm. are. Okay. But if they're planting, you know, back away from the edge of the road a bit, I have seen places in Ohio and other states where they have sown uh, wild, so-called wildflowers. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. The first year, you'll get a lot of annuals up to get bloom the first season. And then the, some of the perennial things, mostly uh, sunflowers, you know, that sort of thing, uh, uh, butterfly weed, whatever was in the mix, will begin to show up in the, the next year. They have to be a little careful about uh, the highway people have to be aware not to spray or and when to, pl- to mow. Uh, those wildflower patches, mm-hmm. but it can be done in great quantities. It might be a little expensive. <laughs> okay. All right. We lost Kevin, so maybe Kevin will give us a call back. It looks like Jim's next on the phones. Jim? Yeah, I have uh, potted geraniums on my stoop. It's a southern exposure. They appear to be quite healthy, and with the HT predicting 32 for tonight, and your panel members saying that, uh, that perhaps there will be frost. Uh, is it going to affect these, or should I get these back, back in the basement or or leave them out? I see for the rest of the week that the evening temperatures, nighttime temperatures, are not going to be uh, really low, and I'd like to leave them out if they're not in danger. Well, if you uh, want to just keep them there a little longer because they're still nice, and you can simply cover them tonight with some something that's cloth uh, plastic sometimes will burn through you can spread an old uh, blanket or bed sheet or something over them or if you have a porch you could simply pull them back against the walls of the house and then set them back out on your uh, front area in the morning because it doesn't take much to protect them from a, a light frost and they do enjoy these cool days 
All right. Yeah, I want to follow up on that because we've sometimes used like a garbage bag to to put over a, a plant. It sounds like that's a bad idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm over too. As Helen said, the plastic, the the cold will go right through it, and mm-hmm. so if you can. Go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. Well, or you can uh, – so the cloth is much better than plastic mm-hmm. unless you can make a tent with the, the plastic so that it doesn't touch the plant. Okay. We, we have a question from our, our chat room, and someone's just wondering if a butterfly bush can be transplanted. They're saying they moved and they hate to leave it behind. It, it would have a fair chance of making it, I think. Uh, cut it back and uh, – and move it and water it in real good and uh it may make it and may not it's uh, but if 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 they're going to move you know i'd say it's worth a chance yeah spring's a much better time to move one but but they might have very good luck all right and we have another caller it's denny denny yeah hi hey go ahead Uh, i got two things to ask please uh the first is about ground cover um, the, the plant being what was called at Lowe's um, sweet potato vine. Uh, this vine is quite beautiful. It's a dark maroon color, and they had it as a hanging plant. And I've been advised at a nursery in Vincennes that potato vines are, can be used as ground cover. So um, I have a lot growing in pots, and I'm rooting a whole lot for next season. But I was wondering when the best time to plant ground cover would be. Well, the, the sweet potato vine, uh, the winter will, will get rid of it. Okay. So yeah, it's, I have them inside. Yeah. Oh, as an inside plant. Well, right now it's an inside. I plan to plant them in the yard. Uh, whenever it's right to plant them, but they don't die inside. Right, but they they cannot take being outside in the winter. Oh, I, I realize that. Yeah. Sir. Um, I just had a question about when is the best time to plant these things. They're heat lovers, so I'd wait till Mother's Day or a little later, maybe depending oh, okay. on the spring. Uh, you could harden them off if you wanted to a week or so before you actually plan to plant. If you've what got did a port, you say? I'm sorry. Oh, what? I'm sorry. When uh, plants are grown inside at warm temperatures, they they're kind of soft tissued and rather squishy, and so if they can be moved to a cooler place with more air movement for yeah. a week or so before you actually plant them, yeah. Uh, then uh, they will do better and have less of a shock well, from being I, I planted. Try to, I try to fan them with a regular house fan. Well, they enjoy they enjoy a breeze. Well, uh, in that case, uh, you may be okay. all right. They are quite easy to root, and if uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have problems uh, with getting them started, remember they also like a rich soil, and they don't like to be too constantly wet. Good. Wet soil, did you say? A rich soil. A rich soil. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, my second question was back to the rose bushes. Uh, I have a bush that I've had in the ground for about 
two and a half years now. It's grown possibly uh, to about three feet, but doesn't get many blooms. I have it planted rather close to my chimney uh, outside. Uh, do you think that's a good place for it, or should I dig it up and move it? How, how sunny is it there? Oh, very sunny. Well, that's uh, the chimney wouldn't cause a problem, but the the main thing is they do like a lot of sun. Oh yeah. And uh, but you, you would want to cut it back a little later in the winter uh, okay. to get it ready for for spring. All right. Is it best to cover them with cloth or to leave them exposed? I would leave them exposed. Sometimes uh, it depends on the type of rose. Some types uh, they hill up soil or mulch around the the stems of them, but uh, uh-huh. some of the newer ones, the uh, uh, the newer types don't even need that. Thank you. Now, now, what did, would be, what, and the fertilizer you mentioned, what would be good for that for the winter? Well, you don't want to feed your roses till spring. Okay. I'm new to this, so bear with me. <laughs> when, when the buds start to swell in the spring and you see real signs of life, uh, you can feed any time then, can't you? Right, and, yeah. and use a high phosphorus fertilizer and that will develop as many flower buds as possible. Okay, okay. Thank you. All right, Denny. Thanks a lot okay. for the call. Yeah, I was going to ask the same thing about when to fertilize. Now that I know I have to, <laughs> I figured I better know when. Oh, so. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Denny. Uh, the phone number is again, 855-0811-877-285-9348. Uh, you can join us on the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. And you can join us on Twitter at Noon Edition. I think we'll just take a short break since we don't have any phone calls now, and we'll be right back with Helen May and Don Adamson with our annual fall gardening show. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net and from Premier Ortho, online at mypremierortho.com. You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during Morning Edition, just before Noon Edition, and at 5.45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with Sarah Whitmire, news director of WFIU and WTIU. And we're talking about gardening today. It's our annual fall gardening show with our 
gardening correspondents, gardening experts, <laughs> Helen May from May's Greenhouse, retired from May's Greenhouse, and Don Adamson, manager of Bloomington Valley Nursery. If you have questions or comments, phone us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free 877-285-9348. WFIU.org slash Noon Edition is the website if you want to join the live chat there. Or you can also follow us on Twitter. Sarah's tweeting today. <laughs> We've heard a lot. You've, you've talked a lot about sickly plants, what people can be doing. I'm wondering about something completely different, just grass seed. Is now a good time to sow some grass seed if you have some spots in your yard? I know this is the summer. Yeah, we're, we're really a little late uh, to, to do that. Uh, it is a good time. Well, I like to fertilize the lawn even later than now after the grass becomes dormant. Uh, what they found is by putting a high nitrogen fertilizer on after the grass is dormant in the winter, that stores up till spring, and your lawn will be the first to green up in the spring. But seeding, I, I would wait till early spring. Sometimes they talk about putting it on snow in the winter and this kind of thing. That's okay, but you don't want to do it till like February at least because uh, it's not going to germinate until the soil gets warm anyway. So I would not put it on this time of year, no. Well, how would you do that, though, in February? Because it, it says on the package you need to rake the soil. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing of it. When there's snow, the, the theory is that the snow... Uh, as it melts and then the soil freezing and thawing will allow the seed to work into the soil. Oh, so saves you all the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so they say you don't you don't need to do the raking. Just the freezing and thawing of the soil will work the seed in because it doesn't have to be that deep either. So, Don, do you recommend that? I mean, I've, I li- I've never heard that in all the years yes, we've done I, the show. I, I like that. <laughs> Uh, if you have bare spots, put it on, but wait till like February or it will all wash off before it works in its way into the soil. So uh, I like to do it early in the spring, like uh, February or March. Okay, we have, a, we have another follow-up on grass. It says, uh, from Karen, what kind of grass mixture is best for dog areas? Well, there's probably the, the fescues, the uh, uh, what they call hard fescues or wide-bladed fescues would be the, the toughest for that situation. Mm-hmm. None of them will work completely depending on the... the How often the dog is right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the field fescues would be best for that situation. Okay, let's go to the phones. And Ann is on the phone. Ann? Uh, hi. I apologize if you might have talked about this already. Um, what do you recommend to plant that is deer resistant or that the deer won't eat besides basil? <laughs> good, good question. We have not talked about that, but I think it's on a lot of people's minds probably. Uh, last, I would like something that's, that's shade tolerant too, if possible. The last winter, uh, following the drought of that summer, uh, I learned a few things about what deer will and will not eat. And a lot of things we've been recommending that they don't like, uh, they nubbed off to the ground last year. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, in shade, you might try, uh, if you feel you have enough moisture to get them established, uh, ferns, uh-huh. hellebores, or helleborus are uh, quite good for shade and don't need to be excessively 
uh, you wouldn't have to worry about moisture too much. Uh, hellebores, yes. Christmas rose is a hellebore. Um, okay. The um, uh, epimediums, which is what? Barrenwort, is that what that's called? They will establish in dry shade. If you have wet shade, you have more choices. Uh, but if you've got a lot of big tree roots and the place dries out yeah. fast, yeah. Uh, your choice is not huge. You might try the native um, uh, wild ginger if you need a ground cover. Uh, it will tolerate a lot of shade, and uh, it won't, doesn't like to be dry all the time, but uh, it will tolerate dry spells. Um, if the shade's not too heavy, then you could go into possibly things like uh, bleeding heart. Uh, but you want to stay away from anything that might get away from you. Like a lot of the ground covers will grow beautifully in shade. And if they're where you're going to mow around them, or if they're between a walk and a driveway, someplace where they will be confined, they're wonderful. But if you're going to plant along the edge of a hedgerow or the edge of a uh, woody place, uh, they can turn into a nightmare for you because they run wild. Uh, they had a horrible problem on campus, and I don't know if they've solved that yet or not, <laughs> with mostly ivy and euonymus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know about the euonymus. Oh, and hostas. I, they're so they common. The hostas to the ground. The deer, yes, I <laughs> <laughs> I have one variety that they they stay away from. Um, it's a uh, big, tall one. What is that big base-shaped hosta that's that gets up like this? It's some. Now I've forgotten. I've got uh, senior moments here. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there have a big, tall hosta that you want to call in and remind us what it's called? Maybe I'll think of it for the program. So yeah, over. I imagine you will. <laughs> All right, Ann. Thank you. Any, anything okay. else? Thanks. Okay. Thanks a lot for the call. Again, the phone number is 855 wfiuorg Noon Edition is a website for a live chat, and you can follow us at Noon Edition on Twitter. We have a question right now. Someone, Karen, is wondering how you root for Scythia. Well, you want to do that, Don? Well, I... Uh, Probably, probably the way that's used most often is uh, laying a branch down in the ground and just covering it over with soil, and uh, it will set roots that that can be dug up another season. And uh, that's probably one of the, they're easy to root, really, but that's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, go ahead, Helen. Well, uh, you can also do something called softwood cuttings, but um, you're going to start small that way. <laughs> uh, in which new growth, when it is still green but will snap when you try to break it off, I mean, it hasn't got old enough to have to be cut with a knife, and it hasn't got, it isn't so tender that it's just squishy, but something that will snap. You can root those like you would geraniums or anything else that uh, you grow from from soft cuttings. 
All right. So we have another call. Let's see. Larry is next. Larry? Uh, hello. I'm calling not with a question, but with a, a bit of advice I, uh, that I hope will work. I had a deer problem, too. I have two big white geelies at the end of my driveway, and the deer just loved them. And uh, I finally I bought an expensive product, and I noticed that the main ingredient was coyote urine. So that gave me the idea, and I've tried it, and it works beautifully. I simply use a, a uh, urinal from the from the hospital, and when I uh, and and transfer it to a spray bottle, and go out and spray my myjulies with my own urine, mm. and the deer don't come near them, and it doesn't cause <laughs> Oh, Myler! <laughs> what you, so I've heard about the coyote thing, but not Larry. Uh, no. But. <laughs> Well, Larry probably could provide the urine with less trouble than the coyotes. Probably, yeah. They are kept caged. Uh, and so I don't charge a thing. Yeah. Urine can be collected. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. They sell that. It works. The coyote urine is sold. I mean, there's a product, right? That's sold commercially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Right. right. Okay. Okay. I think I'm blushing right now with that one. Uh, <laughs> So my dad used to hang, you, hang hair, human hair, mm-hmm. right. around them, and that seemed to help. But your your neighbors probably would think you were a little strange if you. Well, well no stranger than well, Larry's no stranger neighbors. than Larry. Well, they <laughs> sorry, don't Larry. Know what, they don't know what he's spraying. <laughs> yeah, okay. What do you all suggest, though? I have used soap, like Irish Spring, or something that has a lot of scent to it, and just tied a whole bar to a stake at about deer feeding height. They last quite some time, and deer normally don't like very aromatic. They won't eat sage, for example, uh, things that, you know, have a high perfume of their own. Um, My sister goes to yard sales and buys cheap perfume and puts it on little pieces of cloth that she hangs around, which is all right, but you've got to redo it about every... Five, six, seven days, something like. Mm-hmm. It's a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> One that lasts longer that a lot of people are not familiar with, when the plants are growing, you can use a systemic insecticide, which uh, in most cases will keep the deer from eating it. Mm-hmm. And it lasts a long time, like two months. Yeah, uh, if that's that's during the growing season, of course, it will not work in, when the plants are not growing. Right. Okay, our phone lines are clear right now, so if you want to call us, phone number is 855-0811-877-285-9348, and org slash Noon Edition is the web address. Also, follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. I have a question for Don, because I know you, you uh, are, are a tree expert as okay. well. And, you know, last spring we had uh, all the damage to a lot of a lot of trees around the community. And I guess I just wanted sort of a, a general view from you about, uh, you know, how bad that damage was. And is there anything, you know, if people have trees on their property that have either come down or that have been damaged in some way, how many tips for what they ought to be looking for or what they ought to be doing? I don't know. Are, are you referring to deciduous trees that have yes. broken branches? Because yeah. we had another problem that I need to bring up that a lot of people are not familiar with. In this area, we had a disease that is hitting all of the Colorado blue spruce and uh, wiping them out. So uh, you've probably seen dead ones around. And a lot of people are not familiar with that situation. Bad thing, there's nothing to do to treat it. 
and uh, but it it seems to be affecting only the Colorado blues. The green spruce and other varieties of uh, blues seem to be immune to it. it but um, now back to your question: mm-hmm. during during the winter, uh, the any damaged or broken branches should be cleared from the tree, and uh, but. A lot of the stress was brought on just from the drought that we had last fall and even into the winter. And but the branches that were broken should be removed. And uh, and uh, then a lot of people did not water enough in the winter, so the drought from last fall carried on into the winter and got worse. Um, and the the combination of the cold and drought was really hard on trees. Okay, and then the spring storms really right. took its toll. And then, uh, but about all you can do is feed them in the in the early spring uh, to to bring off the new growth. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have three uh, phone calls now. Steve is first in line. Steve, uh, guys, um, I caught the last part there. You were talking about the blue spruce, and I was just wondering if. Uh, if maybe you've seen some similar things with uh, arborvita, we've got an arborvita in our yard that is pretty mature, um, and uh, seen a lot of uh, a lot of browning out some spots. Most uh, just wondering about that. Most of the arborvita. First of all, there's not a disease that I know about. Uh, the arborvita. It was primarily just the extended drought. Arborvita are very shallow rooted. And uh, which means the drought that extended so long, that's why so many of them uh, were killed completely or have a lot of dead branches in them. It was just a drought. Uh, I don't know of any disease problem with those. Okay. And you mentioned, um, you mentioned watering in the, in the winter. Um, be a good recommendation for us to keep doing that with uh, the couple that we have there? To make oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very important to water in the, in the winter, even even if the ground is frozen. Uh, you know, you can pour a bucket of water around these plants, and and the roots will eventually take it up. And there's always periods of time uh, in the winter when it's thawed out. But uh, when we have a drought like last year, it's not nearly as bad this year, but. Uh, the majority of the drought damage is caused from dehydration, not just the cold temperatures. So that's why it is important to uh, to water any borderline plants, particularly uh, during the winter months. Okay, and uh, one more, if I, if you don't mind, um, we have seen some bagworms on that. Uh, just the isolated one here and there. Uh, is that indicative of, you know, some? Uh, more of those being there or you know should we be really worried about that well this this time of year you you may find uh they're quite large and it's important they don't hurt anything anymore at this time of year but each one that is left on that tree there may be as many as 300 hatch out of it, that cocoon in june of next year so if you can oh. pull them off it'll be much easier to work with next year all right okay. steve thanks a lot Thank you. Okay, we appreciate your call, and let's go to Chris. Chris? Yeah, hi. I had a question. I missed the beginning of the show, so sorry if you were, this was addressed, but about figs. We planted uh, brown turkey figs in the ground uh, this year and did real well. I'm wondering your advice on, on how to preserve as much of it as we can for uh, next year, specifically like 
you know, should we try and save any of the lateral uh, branches and how much of the, uh, you know, the main stem should we try and save and how, how do you recommend wrapping that, et cetera? Okay, I happened to read a little short article on this last night about figs. Um, if it's six feet tall or higher, cut it back to six feet. Okay. Gather the, all the branches up and tie them in a bundle as upright as you can and as narrow as you can. Then you want to wrap around that uh, some insulation, bubble wrap. Uh, I wouldn't wrap bubble wrap right against the bark. I would stuff it full of uh, a little straw or something or use landscape fabric right against the bark. And what you want to do is insulate that whole thing against the weather. And then on the outside, um, put something sturdy enough that you can uh, pin it together because bubble wrap will tear up through, uh, through the winter. And you should be able to keep it warm enough that it will not freeze. And if it should freeze back partway, just prune back to green wood, and I think you'll do okay with it. You okay. may have to stake it or something to keep it upright. Well, All right. What kind, of fi- what kind of fig tree? It's a brown turkey. Okay. We, we've tried it in the uh, pots before, and you have to move them into, like, a garage, and then the hard part becomes remembering to water it throughout the winter so i'm trying it in the ground this time and and so hopefully we have some good success we've also heard that the chicago hardy uh fig will do well at this latitude as well if you take those uh proper precautions through the through the winter so hopefully Mm -hmm. that works out all right good luck chris thank you thanks and let's go to sandy next sandy Hi, I'm wondering if we still have some time to move a rather large ornamental grass. That's still okay. Mm. I would I would recommend waiting till spring on the grass because uh, uh, it's hard to move them and get them to survive because they won't root in enough for this time of year. So, if at all possible, I would wait uh, until spring. Okay. All right. All Thank right. you very much. Thanks, Sandy. How do you know which plants to move now and which ones to wait? Because it seems like some you should do in spring and others you should get the move on. The main thing is plants, trees and such, will put on a lot of roots even in the winter. And that's why now is a great time to move most trees because the roots will continue to grow and they they will survive the winter quite well. But plants like the grasses, the roots are just not going to grow enough to establish before it really gets cold. And uh, and perennials are the same way, you know. They're they're more shallow rooted and and don't put on the root growth. But trees put on a lot of root growth in, even in the winter, and so that's why now is a great time to move them. What about some of the flowering bushes like smoke bush, flowering almond, those sorts of things? Well, many uh, the woody plants like that, many of those do fine if planted this time of year. And now, again, it's important to, especially if you transplant them late, to make sure there's plenty of moisture there for the winter months because, again, dehydration is really a problem in, winter, in causing winter damage. 
All right. We have less than 10 minutes to go. So if you have questions for uh, Don Adamson or Helen May about gardening and what you should be doing at this time of year, please uh, give us a call at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the local calling area. Go to the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition if you want to send us a question that way. Or you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. Now, when should people start planting seeds for those early vegetables like broccoli, Brussels sprouts? Peppers Peppers take 10 weeks to be transplantable in a greenhouse, I think, and eggplant. Tomatoes, a little less time. Uh, cabbage, not much over a month. Uh, so you need to have some idea of the the time from planting to possibility of transplanting outside. But generally, the seed packets will tell you when a good time is to start them indoors. So always check the back of the seed packet to find that out. Now, if you're growing something that's... Um, uh, really slow or that is difficult to transplant, you might want to try to move it uh, when it's a smaller plant than, than um, you think you might like to mm-hmm. have. Uh, and that way uh, it'll do better outdoors usually if it's out at the right time. You have to schedule your seedling maturity with the weather so that uh, you don't have tomatoes a foot and a half tall in the house and it's still too cold to plant, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and there are a lot of things that can be sown outside very early, directly in the ground, that people don't think about. Uh, like, like what? Lettuce, uh-huh. uh, spinach, uh, most a lot of kinds of greens, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably forgetting something, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have four callers that uh, jumped right on the line there when I gave them that uh, eight-minute warning. So, Bob, Bob, go ahead. Uh, yes, I think I can stump you people. <laughs> <laughs> give, it a, give it a try. All righty. I live on the sand next to the river, and uh, I have a lot of problem with sand burrs in the flower gardens in the regular garden, vegetable garden, and everything, even in the yard. And I've tried everything in the world to get rid of them and haven't succeeded yet. Do you have any ideas? Does that ground flood ever? Pardon me? Does that ground ever get underwater with a flood? No, it does not. Okay, you ought to be able to do something, but I'm not sure why. <laughs> <I'm old. laughs> yeah. uh, I was afraid maybe it washed in a lot of new seed every time it flooded no, or something. No. Um, have you ever seen a sandbar? Yes, yes. In fact, down in Florida, I got hooked up with some of them pretty good. Uh, they hurt. <laughs> yeah. Don, they really hurt. Don, got an idea? Well, not really. The uh, <laughs> the only thing would be the the glyphosate or the uh, uh, those type products when they're actively growing. But uh, the burrs will come up and and seed uh, later in the season is the problem. You're probably getting new plants that continue to come up. You can should be able to kill what is growing with yeah. uh, with a Roundup type material. But then there's new seed comes up. Yeah, the more I kill, the more come up. But, Seems uh, like. 
Well, but uh, the only way I can see that that might work is continue uh, to use those products before they seed. Yeah. And uh, because uh, the seed will continue to come up, and if you can use those products on the plant while it's actively growing, but before before it seeds is the important right. thing. Right. That's yeah. that's my best shot. I was told to put a lot of lime on them, you know, uh, regular agriculture lime, and I did that, and boy, they just flourished. <laughs> so. Oh, don't try that again. <laughs> All right, Bob. Thanks a lot for oh, the call. Thanks a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, Let's go to bye Mark. Bye. Mark is next. Mark? Yes. Uh, I have transplanted some myrtle um, oh, late September, and I'm just wanted to see if that was going to work out or what I need to do to make sure it survived the winter and, and took off in the spring. Uh, it should, yes, in September. Now, did you fertilize it when you planted it? That's I put I put just a little bit of triple twelve around. Okay, because the important thing is to try to make it grow roots. As I talked earlier, uh, to make sure plants survive, you want them to root, and they should be able to root in enough uh, that they would survive the winter by planting in September. Because I've pla- I've planted them in October, and they still did well. Did they be covered at all or try to keep them, anything to keep them uh, from freezing? They should be mulched. Uh, any ground cover bed should have uh, about two inches of mulch around. And also it's important, uh, hopefully they were planted deep uh, because if they're not planted deep, they'll pop out of the ground sometimes in the winter. Uh, what about moisture? Well, it, winter? yes, do water in the winter, yes. All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. If uh, if we're gonna we're gonna try to get everybody in here before we go off the air, but if we don't get you in, you can people can still email questions to us. You can go to the website um, at uh, wfiu dot org slash noon edition, and you can send in your questions there, and we'll try to get Don and Helen to answer those for you. Uh, but let's go next to the phone and Barbara. Barbara, hello. Hey, go right ahead. Uh, when is the best time to move an azalea? I heard uh, someone ask about planting one, and I assume they were talking about from uh, a potted azalea, but I want to move one from one location in my garden to another. It would be better to wait till spring if you can. That's one plant that does not put on many roots in the cold season, and it's also a plant that uh, the roots dehydrate really bad in the winter. Okay. So if if you could wait till like April, that would be best. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks a lot, Barbara. And uh, <coughs> Ted, we're going to get to you next, and uh, we might go a minute or two late. So just go ahead with your question. Ted, are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go I right ahead. Hear, I didn't hear my name. <laughs> uh, I have a peony question. We have lived in uh, the same spot for almost 37 years. The peonies have been there as long as I can remember, maybe since we moved in. The big ones are fine until the first heavy rain in June, and the little ones don't seem to be growing. How can I get the little ones to grow? Well, some varieties are simply smaller than others. But if it's just a a twiggy little business of two or three shoots or something and them not healthy looking, your best bet would probably be to dig them at the appropriate time, which would be uh, 
uh, second half of August, uh, early September, uh, maybe a little later, and uh, inspect the roots and see if they look healthy. They may be planted too deep, which will make them struggle, or they may uh, be, for some reason, in a spot of soil. It's just nasty. Are they scattered all around, or are they in one bed together? Or? Well, we have three clumps. Uh, the ones on the north side are really fine. The ones on the east are not quite as large, but they're fine. It's the ones on the south side. Uh, I wonder, can they get, it might have too much shade in one spot. Could that be a factor? Shade and tree roots could definitely be a factor. You may have to find a uh, better spot for them, but... Okay. There's By digging no... in, you can check on the root situation, the ah, the tree root okay. situation. Okay. Well, they're not really close to any trees, but, you know, they spread. Uh, anyway, we'll uh, uh, take a look at them uh, in the spring and, uh, you know, figure out what we need to do over next summer. Thank you so much. All right. I enjoyed this program to just immensely. Okay, thanks, Ted. Thanks a lot Bye-bye. for the call. Are there some types of peonies that, that you can run over with your lawnmower, though, at the end of the season? I know, yeah. obviously, not the tree peonies, but... The herbaceous... The, they've got names. There's two kinds of them, but, yeah, they just cut them to the ground. It's a good way to cut down on disease. You clean those tops off and, and get rid of them. And, uh, and you can cut them down, what, except... September, October, yeah, even a little got, earlier. They should be cut off mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. There are some varieties that begin to look ugly pretty early in the fall, and I just cut them off when they begin to go bad. Okay. Okay. I, we've gone a minute or so long, but it's totally worth it. We love having Helen and Don here with us. Thank you to Helen May and Don Adamson. We are uh, now out of time for Sarah Whitmeyer. Sarah, thanks for sitting in. Thank you so much. This is a great show. I'm glad I got to be part of it. All right. For producers Dalton Main and Gretchen Frazee, I'm engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.